0: Hey guys, this is Sid Patel, your host of Inside the Drinks Business. I'm the CEO of Beverage Network, and I'm here with Rachel Lowe. Rachel's the Beverage Director for Live Group. I think, uh, Rachel, you'll have to tell me the number of businesses you manage beverage buying for, but I, I think it's about 260. Venues and almost thirteen uh, restaurant locations. So Rachel, thanks for having at having mm-hmm. us at one of your locations in Chicago. Of course,
1: yeah. Thank you. So we're at, currently at River Roast, which is one mm-hmm. of the restaurants that fall under the restaurant division. Um, and you came in about right. It's about two hundred and sixty properties. It's always ebb and flow because you know you gain through RFP processes, you gain uh, new or per- per- locations, and then lose some. It's just all depends. Got it. So I think yeah.
0: these are the properties you manage. Let's let's go on. Now. What is Levy Group?
1: So, uh, sports and entertainment is our like bread and butter, basically. Okay. Um, so we have, you know, stadiums, arenas. We're starting to do Formula One more. Nice. Um, cultural centers, conference centers, mm-hmm. zoos, um, and then our restaurant division as well. So we've mm-hmm. got kind of a very versatile portfolio. And what we do is we. Um, put in a, a business purpose why we want to you know sell ourselves to the, the company Got it. and if we do get that bit or we get accepted by them and they want to hire us we'll go in and we run all the food and beverage for that location Got
0: so for example let's say this is uh, you know uh, one stadium and then uh, your office prepares a whole presentation for them you know that we're gonna take care of end-to-end beverage solutions for that right so people who are selling the uh, beverage at the stadium are also your staff
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So the, our staff manages everything, everything, everything. So yeah, they're beverage managers, the DO of the property. So you take ADO. on the entire
0: property mm-hmm. from end to end. You manage the beverage operations yes. and food as well. And food. Got it. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for what, like profits and.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> profit, profit. Sorry, and that's uh, a
0: tender based uh, model. Is uh, a... How do you approach this kind of stadiums? Like you know, is that. That is an rfp and like there are companies like you bidding for that yes exactly
1: business? yep um so aramark is another one that you know kind of mm-hmm. as a competitor i'm sure mark cuban um, uh,
0: would have that sort of arm as well right so yeah
1: yeah um so we bid through the rfp process okay. um and then yeah if we successfully Understood. score it then we'll, we'll move forward and take care of everything it. but it's usually like years out you know like, all right so know. it's like
0: average contract is what five years at least
1: That's a good question. I don't know that. But I mean, I know like we proposed an RFP to one property and we're likely if we get it, won't take over till 24. Mm. So I don't know. And what
0: kind of movements are you expecting? Like do you normally get, you know, let's say how long have you been in this role for?
1: This role for sports entertainment, about a year, year and a half now.
0: And you see every month one or two properties coming in?
1: Not every month, but yeah. Again, it ebbs and flows. So sometimes it's a gradual process. So every
0: time something new comes, it's entirely planning from start right
1: generally but I will say the thing is <laughs> this is kind of an organic uh, movement because okay. we're not a centralized company so each location really kind of operates independently uh. so it's what the ownership wants so if the ownership wants a specific like um, something sold or some mm. kind of a special branding or whatever that's really Understood. up to them um, and then there are some locations that we just have complete autonomy over so it really just depends
0: sure sure all right so I think let's go on you know exactly uh, the business of managing you know multiple restaurants beverage programs can you uh, let us know on how your day looks and what exactly you know uh, you're responsible for
1: yeah sure Um, days change like there's not one consistent day Right now we're in the office, a hybrid model, Tuesdays Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. Thursdays. Mm -hmm. So we're from home uh, Fridays and Mondays. Um, And, you know, it just is a case by case basis. So like this week, I'll I'll pop into River Roast, actually, hang out with Jay, taste some wines for the fall programming. Um, OK, I'll be in the office Wednesday working in our innovations lab with my my boss, Brandon, who's flying in. he's still not relocated, but he lives in Seattle, but he'll he'll be moving out. But he pops in every couple of weeks. So I'll be there with him. Um, working on things, like innovations lab. Working with IMI.
0: IMI um, research company. To get IMI. N-
1: no, well, IMI is basically our. They control our marketing dollars. Oh, IMI agency. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, every week is totally different. I, I, um, sometimes have to go, like, my might have to pop to the United Center to support, or I might be working at home. Uh, we just got a property um, in Minneapolis. Mm. Um, Uh, performing arts property so i'm going to be working on the wine program for that
0: i think imi is one of the agencies that you would usually want to work with if you want to pitch national chains right yep uh and why is that because it's just they bring what kind of convenience to you guys
1: um they are act as the buffer between suppliers and buyers so you know they kind of translate the information bring it to us present it so we're not just being like onslaught of suppliers Mm -hmm. just all left right and center um they kind of funnel it into one kind of, you know channel so that we're able to organize things figure out who to meet with when
0: understood. um
1: yeah so, so they already the know your sort of
0: requirements what are you looking for and that's how they present and they only present those brands which are sort of a good fit for you guys
1: well they present to us anything but right. okay. then we determine instead of to the supplier directly we determine if we want to like have a meeting or not Got you it. know so he's like he's the he's the buffer
0: understood yeah and uh, there is no exclusivity, right? Like it's not like you only have to go through them, or you can do direct deals. So.
1: No, I yeah, know, no, no.
0: And you also say you're you're here for tasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how how do you work? What is your relationship with the local beverage directors? You know how much you they are doing their own buying decisions, and how much you are getting involved?
1: Like 50-50, okay. I mean, I, Ravinia is our property, and I always write the opening wine program for that. Um, here, Jay does really want. I mean, he's very knowledgeable about wine, so I just kind of pop in when I when I can do education. So it's like
0: Jay, and you would say Jay would say, "Hey, Rachel, you know, when you come, we'll just go to a few wines because i you know, I want your opinion." Is yeah. That how it is? Well, we're
1: meeting with a distribution company okay. on on Wednesday, so we are actually they're bringing samples. We're gonna taste wines that they want to pitch for us. Got but it. um, but we just got the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, for example, and yes. I wrote the opening program for that, which yeah. took me some time, and then I passed it off to the beverage manager. And she'll refer to me for education and updating but other than that I'm like leaving it to her because okay. I can't be that hands-on with everything I just don't have enough time for it
0: got it so. uh, what kind of reports uh, let's say you know each uh, you know unit head have to give you and what kind of reports you have to give to your boss like what is Jay reporting to you on your beverage
1: um, you know I'm not actually on their calls um, he reports to his DO and mm. if there's any kind of issue with beverage then we would be flagged. you know like we're right now putting together a system which is a map that mm-hmm. has all of our properties on it because it's difficult to know yeah, yeah. and then you can zoom in on that and you know, find data on all of those properties okay and so now we're doing a comparison and we're because my team is fairly new except for myself mm-hmm. um we're trying to figure out you know what properties are excelling and which ones are not and which ones might need support mm-hmm. so from there we'll kind of reach out where, where it's needed
0: Got it. yeah i think uh You know, uh, give us a little context about, uh, you know, what's different between your role or and, and just a person who has one restaurant, you know, uh, sure. what kind of things literally is just people don't know about that goes in your world.
1: Well, um, I mean, it all started. I had to learn what RFP process was, which is a request for proposal. So you
0: guys put RFP, right? That's the we thing. do. Okay. So
1: um, yearly, we update the core mandate program. So mm-hmm. that's what we do as the um, national director of beverage. I am, and then Brandon, my boss, is the vice president of beverage. So um, we collectively will put. Well, IMI will put that the, the RFP process has been opened and um, people will submit um, Excel sheets with what product they want to propose okay. for us to carry. And that usually starts in January, February. And we close the process in February. And then we have till around June to really decide what we want to put on the core program. Okay. But it goes live in our fiscal year, which is October 1.
0: Wow. So like... January February, you know, the request of product is usually for the October.
1: Yep. Yeah, so we finally like I Released uh, the updated core program in June It just went live and we're gonna sit down and start all over in January mm-hmm. So it's like and, and this
0: RS RFPs are usually a Private process or is it uh, people can find it on the group's website somewhere?
1: You have to go through IMI Mm, so it, it has to be a submi- uh, like a specific link that you submit things. It's a formal like process, got so it. it's not. But people know to go to IMI now. Yeah. Because, yeah,
0: yeah. I believe it must be IMI's clients as well who would get first priority, right?
1: Yes, and they know everyone, so yeah, yeah. yeah they're great like that.
0: Got it. So it's mainly RFP uh, for your corporate buys, to what I'm yes. understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then what is the process like? How do you evaluate? What goes in that process?
1: so i mean 20. we're Yeah, we get tons of samples okay um so you know some were just immediately like it's not going to be distributed nationally so, well, it's not going to support eraser, right so right. let's
0: say rfp documentation comes in yeah so first is documentation right right
1: we what, have this giant excel sheet for beer liquor okay.
0: what wine. do you do in that like what do you look for
1: well we look for national average pricing to okay. see I'm um sure. national distribution um product availability like if they're submitting an rfp for us, They should know that we need giant amounts of product availability okay. nationally um, Who they are sold through I mean if distributors yeah at each point, okay. it's um, it, It's helpful if we have larger distribution nationally like a yep. uh, southern or break So you prefer
0: to work with one obviously because it's easier, easier yeah? for
1: One operators Absolutely. on the yep. grounds, right? Yep. And they often carry a lot of the products that About we it. carry. So um, you know, we have to balance the core with very recognizable yep. quality beverage with um stuff that's a little lesser known, but yep. um, but you know, it's a fine line, like you want a lot of our stadium attendees and, and people like that really want label recognition, Absolutely, right? So that's what they're comfortable with.
0: So uh, that's the process of data. And then you take, I'm, I'm just trying to think, and then the next process is, okay, sample request, sample request, sample request. They already
1: have submitted. Oh, so right. there'll so be like an onslaught. Yeah, they, they put it in, they've already sent it to us. And so we have to go through and taste the products, look at it. So, how's the branding? How's the availability? How's the national average and pricing? And that's like a, some
0: store uh, that tasting happening actual event that happens behind uh, for your
1: just the, uh, the the beverage team just sits and in, taste. in the office. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have a new bar. It's the innovations lab um, that we're going to start doing tastings in. But okay. last year. Um, or this year, I guess, in January, we were tasting in the office. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah it's pretty casual. And catchy. then what happens?
0: Like, what? Let's say you liked a couple, what, what's yeah. after that? So
1: we start building the core, and a lot of times the core uh, transfers over from mm-hmm. one year to the next. We have like, you know, salad, fundamental things that need to be on there, like, you know, certain beers, certain oh, sure. wines, and then from there, we can pepper and say suggest, operators on a local level, they might want a local beer things like that. So mm-hmm. there's gotta be flexibility for supporting at a local level too. Sure.
0: I just wanna know the process of, for example, let's say there is the Yellowtail Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. And now uh, maybe Jacob's Creek Chardonnay is giving a better deal, right? right? <laughs> so uh, how does that uh, change happen?
1: Um, that's when you just make the decision as the buyer and you okay. swap it out. Cause we have like an Excel sheet that we send out to the field when the the core is updated and, and released. Um, so it's basically just swapping it out it. providing who sells it so what the that, that also means is.
0: that uh, you know at all times you're open and listening s- still to the market if mm-hmm. there's any better deal than uh, the current set
1: well deals or trends we yeah. um in addition to brandon we have scott who is our director of beverage analyst uh, analyst and and all um right. so he's uh he's constantly looking at trends Got it. and You know going to a local level seeing what's selling where Uh so he's he's really a great resource for that kind of thing um and like i said this year i mean it's going to take a few months to start seeing what's working and what's not because you know we're starting with arenas and then we go to you know different kinds of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. games that you know are seasonal
0: i think uh with stadiums especially it's a lot Mm -hmm. of uh seasonality plus uh type of the game decides the drink as well right like if it's oh yeah, yeah. i mean
1: beer centric wine centric mm-hmm. um more often beer and liquor but um but wine does really well and we also have you know concessions we have the main concourse but then we also have the premium suites and locations that's where like a lot of our higher end reserve wines are featured Got it. um Got it. and so you know there's a big difference but i will say that once the rfp process is done once you've written the core menu yep. once it's released um as people receive it in the field, operators mm-hmm. do file exception requests to items that don't make sense for their property. So, even though we request that all okay. these items live in the building somewhere, yeah. um, sometimes it doesn't work. So, you know, they'll submit exception requests to us. And that we don't want this, like that. Yeah, we, we right. can't justify carrying Understood. this. Yeah, it's so. a
0: misfit uh, for us. Yeah. So, we will say no for. Our store,
1: right? And or if it's a local sponsorship, or a relationship that the owner has. You uh, know, stuff like that mm-hmm. happens.
0: What about brand performance? You know, uh, how are you measuring your brand performance of your program?
1: Data, data, data. What, what data. do you look
0: for? Top line and yeah, what?
1: Yeah, what's selling? What's? I mean, we were looking at like eliminating our Pinot Grigio because wow. we're like, who who drinks Pinot Grigio anywhere And we Seriously? looked, and yeah, and we looked, and it sells really well still. So. Um, There's still a core Pinot Grigio in there, but um, but we you know we usually have like we have three levels of Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. three levels of Pinot Noir, you know, and three Mm -hmm. levels of Cabernet, for example. And what makes sense where is where the items will be placed.
0: Great growth hacks or tips you have to uh, increase top line beverage sales.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're going to look at what is selling. So pick from the top, you know, twenty percent of what's selling, Um, activations and tastings like. Education, I think, is really important. All right. um, that so, means hand-selling
0: uh, some yeah. or just... Yeah, you know, or
1: okay. like, whatever makes sense at each property. We're really right. working towards education, like, improving... For your our staff. Edu- yeah, for our staff. All right. Um, yeah, and then uh, brain recognition uh, margin, you know.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, we want to, you know, we need to make money. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> How do you do education, you know, uh, overall? What, what kind of things do you do right now?
1: Well, right, so it's... Um, there's on the national level, um, we have our uh, kind of breakdown of you know service standards for Mm bartenders, you know wine service Mm -hmm. beer service etc but you know sometimes we'll need to fly in and and educate the staff at an opening Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the CSO or Chicago Symphony Orchestra is gonna open pretty soon Mm -hmm. and I'll be there myself educating everyone on the wine list that I I wrote so it really is a case-by-case basis like Mm -hmm. where we need to be when
0: what about like sales education like do you also uh, teach them how to sell how to upsell how to approach a customer, or it's more of a just knowledge uh, based Knowledge,
1: um, where it makes sense, yeah. sure. Like how to sell, yeah, absolutely, an upsell. And that's a really big, uh, I think, part of our restaurant division because each is so in- individual yeah, it, and that's where you can get really close and uh, what, personalize What What are things. your
0: like uh, tips and pointers for you know all the sommeliers out there? Any, any ideas you can give on that this, this really works every time I ask this way for a, a glass of wine?
1: oh um to upsell or? or even the
0: first sale you know
1: yeah um well what i say is get to that table like right away don't let to sit the... yeah um offer drinks right away maybe make a suggestion um oh, i have this really great new champagne we we have poured by the glass would you have any interest in that or, uh-huh. you know just any any kind of suggestion or like oh this would work really great with this food item that you're looking at or things like
0: that. what is your like greeting how do you uh, when i greet? was
1: working the floor Good evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, Rachel. Yes, I'm Rachel. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be like, would you like any assistance with the wine list? You know, because that would be the last time I was on the floor was working at Spiaggia, and so it was kind of formal dining. Yeah, go up. with a big wine program, um, and then just guide them, read the guest. I think that's really, really important too.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. What about upsell? You know, at what time usually we would suggest uh, sommeliers to go out there? and uh, what to how to approach that
1: yeah again read the table like Mm -hmm. um you don't want to be like immediately go to the really expensive bottle Mm -hmm. you want to engage with a guest and kind of Mm -hmm. feel them out understand what their palate is like what they're comfortable with what they usually drink Mm -hmm. and that'll kind of give you an idea as to like what price point they're comfortable with Mm -hmm. and what style wine
0: let let me throw in a couple of uh maybe scenarios yeah for (laughs) the funds you know uh, and let's say uh you know, you are this amazing top salesperson, right? You, you, you're going to figure out a way to upsell me the second glass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're doing fine.
1: Yeah. So please let me know if any. You know, if if you change your mind. But I think what's really important is getting to a guest when like they have just a little bit left in their mm-hmm. glass, and the timing is like if they're sitting there with an empty glass and they're halfway through their dinner, they might be like, "Oh, well, you lost your chance." Mm-hmm. You know, like you need to be on top of everything that's out there.
0: Where I was going with that is, for example, I ordered a fourteen ah, dollar
1: okay. glass. Yeah.
0: And maybe I want just eight dollar the next one. Yeah. You know how do you read that kind of customer?
1: Usually they just order them. It is order them. <laughs> right.
0: Cool. Uh, I mean, you know that maybe this person already went a little high, right, yeah. on the first one. So. Right. So and next one is more like just because it's a group setting. Yeah. You want to go a little yeah. slow.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Let's go back on uh, you know profitability part. Mm-hmm. Uh, like give us some uh, stuff where maybe you played with the deco or you have some tips with the beverage menu, maybe even the placement of the program, mm-hmm. you know, where you purely, you did some things without changing anything and profits went up.
1: Well, we've talked a lot about signage. Okay. Um, and, and, uh, again, that's more dealt with on a local level, but the more we see, um, different properties, uh, how they represent their beverage, the more you understand like what moves and what doesn't. So mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, signage can be very confusing. And Mm -hmm. then if you make it more like in order from like, okay, this is a beer selling location. Let's Mm -hmm. do the beers here. Mm -hmm. Let's lay out the local beers. And then, you know, kind of progress from there. Like it it all makes a lot of sense when you like localize it based on what is trending there specifically. Got it.
0: So you you first have to define a personality of that location Mm -hmm. and then sort of reverse engineer the process.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: uh, let's go back to the head office right uh what are your challenges of in, in a corporate buyer role you know personally like literally yeah. you know what, what are your pain points and what do you do to overcome that
1: um well i mean a big one for me is that i came from operations mm-hmm. so i'm not like on the floor i'm not at these locations because obviously there's so many of them so i feel like a little bit removed from the field Mm. um you know you're kind of isolated at the home office yeah um and you know all these operators a lot of them have been working at these locations for a very long time um you know they might not receive a new core right exactly they might not um and some people you know but for a long time compliance has been an issue um so we have that exception request that I referred to earlier, but you know you don't know if a property just didn't submit one and is still doing what they want ah, to. True, true. Um, so that's. A hurdle that we're really, look, the new team is looking to address, and I mean, we don't want to come in hot and like yeah, it's
0: just like head office versus mad. local office, right? Exactly. Uh, what do you do to win their hearts and uh, create rapport?
1: We, we um, are starting to have conversations like one on one with operators, and, and you know, and just let them know that we're there to support them. We're not like their enemies. Yeah. Um, but you know, try and get them to understand that the reason we work nationally with these suppliers and these brands is um because that you know that support from our relationships with these suppliers that supports the, the national average pricing like yeah. allows that that actually helps i mean with it's the a macro, net
0: net it's a win you know maybe yeah. at one location they may see it as a loss but yeah. overall for you it's, overall it's it's, a whole it's
1: thing. You know, really helping our entire company mm.
0: you know your your great friend is a sommelier and finally gets in a role of let's say olive garden national buyer or something what, what kind of you know coffee conversation you would have uh, as a tip you know you would advise someone to you know start their this corporate buying job in Mm -hmm. the first three months like how to navigate this
1: uh try and remember every single supplier that you meet um like I kind of went in right at the RFP process and I that's like a barrage of just meeting with suppliers tasting with people like um I was like it's overwhelming but you don't know how important these relationships are until you like seeing the same people mm. everywhere and know who is the national you know who runs national accounts understood and uh so i think relationships relationships with it's huge
0: Cool, a relationship with the suppliers <laughs> the likability factor right you know uh what kind of things uh what makes you like a supplier apart from everything on the numbers and the balance sheets right yeah. the, the behavioral skills
1: i don't like pushy okay. suppliers or sales pitches um mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have decks that they want to show us and you know percentages and and all of this Mm -hmm. but um but i honestly just like casual comfortable conversations let's Mm -hmm. be real let's um talk about what actually would fit don't present stuff to me that i think is like absolutely ridiculous like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense at all you know Mm -hmm. um come knowing what we do Mm -hmm. and come properly equipped Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, but also cool
0: (laughs) and what pisses you off like what kind of what's a strict no do not do that in a meeting
1: somebody uh who is really pushy um really like like annoyed by how little their product sold one year and Mm. um lets it show rather than trying to make something like let's work on this to find you know ego
0: or patience yeah how did you just sell this much yeah
1: entitlement that Uh, is like absolutely a no for me
0: and that comes because they have that brand power you believe like it's it's just because you need that brand now
1: um, no brand has that much power to like, you know, if they're I horrible like people, yeah, yeah. like, no. So you still think them. that,
0: uh, the, you know, you have the full power to say no to even the best wine?
1: If Yeah, if we need to, if, if like somebody's just because absolutely atrocious to work with, <laughs> like, you know, Understood. yeah.
0: Is, do you believe that still this is a retail driven market? Yeah. Meaning today you decide that this is a category I want to, you know, uh, I mean, 10 restaurant chain groups, let's say, you, you know, decides that okay let's forget about Pinot Grigio by the glass white now let's bring Chardonnay again and it can happen you think?
1: Yeah um, I mean we've seen that like trends influence like Pinot Noir came into Vogue Merlot died off you know like things are constantly trending but there are you know Sauvignon Blanc I think is doing better than Chardonnay mm-hmm, right now mm-hmm. but I feel like that's always like kind of moving, moving around so, yeah.
0: Where are the opportunities for suppliers uh, where do you see things moving for other restaurants you know what are some tips you would give with uh, kind of beverage products to keep an eye on in
1: 2023? RTD is still like a huge growing category. Um, canned wine is still a huge growing category. I mean, we take a- appointments with, you know, our conversations with ba- basically anybody who's interested in trying to pitch us. But nice. um, yeah, I mean, we're cool with, like, but but you know, a lot of people don't realize like the scale yeah. um, that, that we, That we do and what that requires
0: in the supplier meeting uh, what kind of things they present you know uh, I just want to go a little bit deeper yeah in uh, the material part of it you know what what are those meetings look
1: like um, usually 30 minutes uh, we will meet in wherever we're meeting Um, generally people will come in they bring samples of what they're selling um, they bring a deck and present it um, so they're presenting what, say, what they did with us last year, what they're hoping to do with us the coming mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. Um, any new product that they've created, such as like RTDs, those are, you know, like spirit companies are constantly mm-hmm. throwing out new RTDs. Um, they like, again, statistics, um, they'll, they'll definitely throw those out um, and, and then you either choose to taste right then and there or like mm-hmm. hold on to the samples and taste later. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. it uh, there's a lot of like dining out and things like that uh, relationship too. Relationship building, basically. Relationship building, What about yeah.
0: advertising plan? Do they share that sort of thing? Like, okay, we're going to spend this much money. It should help you drive more.
1: They don't share what kind of money they would, you know, but like activation ideas All are right. constantly being, you know, like, oh, Aperol Spritz cart. We can do this in any right, location. So. Or um, we can pour this sample here and, you know, sell this for you. Like, we can be... Here helping, hmm. like, move this product. Hmm. Um, so that's always part of that. And meeting uh, too. give
0: us one or two examples where, you know, suppliers really, uh, the supplier really helped you mm-hmm. uh, solve the problem, you know, and really supported.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, with the supply chain issues, I mean, there's certain, there were, you know, there's experiences where you run out of mm-hmm. a certain product. Um, great supplier that I worked with recently um, was, you know, dealing with that same issue. Didn't realize that this uh, location was going to work with the same wine again this year. Mm-hmm. She thought it was a one-off from last year. And she was really doing her best to like swap out the product because she was thinking it was probably around a hundred plus cases mm-hmm. of this wine. Um, and she she offered the same like she offered a wine that was a little even higher quality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the same, same price. price. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and did you,
0: a swap? I mean, because you were out of stock. I right, think. and
1: okay. like that's not our problem. I'm so, sure. you know, she kind of took that pit for us instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, she understands how important that slot is. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's right? gone.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah.